The swamp without a still is just a tent. A martini without olives doesn't quite make it. And Mash Minute is intended for mature audiences. Put on your headphones. Listen for the tone of your favorite podcast, Mash Minute. Well, it's a minute-by-minute detailed analysis. Of the movie without which the series wouldn't exist. Megan and Tierney, and guest will make three. Goddamn Army, MASH Minute. Welcome back to MASH Minute, the Movies by Minute podcast where we're analyzing the 1970 Robert Altman film one minute at a time. I'm Tierney Steele. I'm Megan Coleman. And I'm Heidi Bennett of Vibrant Visionaries, a different kind of podcast that's not a Movies by Minutes podcast. What? Is that even possible? <laughs> <laughs> They're things. It's like, okay. I, I keep hearing about these things called other podcasts that are apparently wildly <laughs> popular and financially successful, and it just does not compute. <laughs> <laughs> I know we're all in that movies by minutes bubble but there are things outside of that bubble (laughs) (laughs) npr um it's all good i leave it to you megan i I am going to keep analyzing movies one minute at a time because apparently that is my brand and i'm gonna (laughs) join you yay Today, Heidi is going to help us analyze Minute 8, which starts with our heroes driving into the 4077th, accompanied by the fanfare. And it ends with Duke stuffing his cap into his back pocket while we admire his button fly. <laughs> it's a little awkward and ending there for Minute 8, but it's all good, I guess. <laughs> yeah, we, uh, we have not had inappropriate innuendo a little bit blue yet but we are starting right off the bat here (laughs) in a minute (laughs) yeah you're really pulling me into something where i thought aren't these guys supposed to be like funny and charming they just seem like a couple of dicks (laughs) (laughs) so for those who haven't watched in a while are more familiar with the tv show this is the minute where they enter the officer's mess and we see lieutenant dish for the first time that's not her name but that is what she will be known as for the rest of the movie (laughs) (laughs) i honestly didn't think she had a name but through doing this one minute at a time i've pieced it together and i feel very pleased with myself (laughs) um but (laughs) They pull up, decide to go into the officer's mess, and spot a gorgeous nurse. She is quite lovely. She, she really is. reminds me of that era of somebody that you could see in a, in a lovely commercial for, you know, a makeup brand or a bubble bath or something like that. And she's got her <laughs> perfectly coiffed late 60s, early 70s hairdo, and it's she does have that natural glow, but still with a little bit of hand makeup on she's got on a red scarf just in case anyone wasn't sure we were supposed to be focusing on her as the jeep drives behind this is one of those robert altman things where the jeep is driving outside we're seeing it through the window but there are people in the foreground talking we're gonna do that a lot there's gonna be a lot of panning and looking at things through mesh sides of tents in this movie just you know pace yourselves accordingly but yeah she dish is wearing a red scarf just to make extra sure that everybody knows 
She's the focus of this minute. <laughs> yeah. So I have to ask, what was it that drew you to choose this film as your next Movies by Minutes project? Uh, Tyranny dragged me into it. Because <laughs> <laughs> this is my first one. <laughs> oh, so this is Megan's first one. Tyranny, this is yep. your third one? This is my third. Okay. Yes. That sounds crazy. I was just filling out a bio for someone today and I was like, I have four shows to link to. <laughs> <Jesus>. <laughs> uh, I chose this one A, because it was an excuse to do a project with Megan. Uh, Mash Minute was born over a bottle of... Some kind uh, of white wine that had a horse on the bottle. <laughs> <laughs> it was white wine. That we, that, that we found at Roach Brothers. You know, classy times. Um Hey, it wasn't two buck chuck. We have been less classy That's with true. our wine. Yes, I was making, was it chicken Kiev? Yes. But without the capers? Yeah, so I needed yeah, without the half a cup of white wine. And oh, darn, there was a whole bottle left after I poured out what I needed. And, and by the end of the evening, we had decided to do this. <laughs> yes. As your poor husband sort of just looked at us, like, shook his head and just went, those two crazy girls. Those two... <laughs> crazy girls as they do uh we as are both do. fans of the tv show that's how we bonded that's how we really became friends we met in grad school and bonded over our love of mash and i loved doing movies by minutes but i also felt like this one which surprisingly hadn't been claimed yet really lent itself well to this format in a way that as much as i adored return to oz and the Neverending story they didn't always. Mm-hmm. There's there's kind of a difference between the fun that I had doing those and analyzing those on a story perspective and doing a Robert Altman film where you can actually dig in a minute at a time and be like, there are 14 people in this minute. <laughs> <laughs> there are background characters that are going to become real characters that are going to disappear halfway through the movie and what happened to them? Maybe we'll make up our own story. I, It just... I don't know if it's a 70s thing or what, but it felt like more of a classic fit for the format. I love it. So (laughs) speaking of that, what is it about this minute that you ladies notice? Well, I just we we still have um, Hawkeye not really owning up to the fact that he is a captain. And that's the same level as Duke, right? I mean, he's still pretending to be the driver, pretending to be the driver. (laughs) I mean, he was the driver, let's be honest, but... <laughs> I'm sorry, you know. I did not mean to disparage Hawkeye's integrity. <laughs> and then you see Hawkeye sort of say to Duke, hey, why don't you go into the mess tent? You know, we're kind of getting, seeing Duke, then Lieutenant Dish, then Duke, and then we really see Duke, right? <laughs> <laughs> we see a lot of Duke. <laughs> like, we see a lot of Duke. Well, and isn't this... I mean, I remember from the book as well that there was a lot of jokes about his manhood. Right? Or well, references to, I shouldn't right. say jokes, but, you know, he's, this a, feels very he's a special char- kind of guy. <laughs> this is very character building. It's very 70s, like, right? It's <laughs> Duke makes no pretense at being faithful. And actually, that was the question I had towards the end of the minute is, are we getting a flash of a ring on Duke's hand, right hand? Because it's his right hand. But there's a flash of a ring, and are we supposed to pick up that he's married? Blah 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 blah. Mm. We know mm. he's married. It's going to be way more obvious later in the movie. But he 
doesn't even pretend that he isn't going to hit on this girl he finds attractive. I mean, we met him. He was getting off a truck full of nurses. I, I just, that's who he is. He's not going to pretend that this isn't happening. Sure. Duke is a dog who does not deserve to be as loved as he is by me just because he's played by Tom Skerritt. (laughs) (laughs) He's a good looking man. I think I was really introduced to Tom Skerritt in Alien. I watched the series of MASH, but as you sent me these minutes, I realized that I really don't think I ever saw the film. So I'm really, (laughs) I am just viewing these minutes with the context of what I know about the TV show, but not the movie. And yes, going like, oh, I know these guys. These guys were the sexy weirdos of the 70s (laughs) that I've grown to appreciate over time. It's so true. (laughs) I'm just going to keep my thoughts to myself. Never mind. (laughs) It's just us girls. (laughs) I recently rewatched the movie Now and Then. Which is a '90s movie, but it's set is that the one? In yeah, yeah, yeah. Christina Ricci, yes. Uh, Thora Birch. They're 12 year olds in. I think it's supposed to be 1970. Devin Sawa plays the boy down the street. He's always teasing them, and I don't want to spoil it for anyone who hasn't seen it. But I was rewatching a certain scene with Scott Wormer, and it occurred to me that a lot of what I look for it, guys, probably comes out of that being one of the first times it was like, sh- she got to kiss a boy. <laughs> uh, I would like to kiss that boy. <laughs> okay, so what I need to do is this. All right. Okay, I, I'm taking notes. I'm, I'm jotting down how this is going to work. And it didn't work like that. But, <laughs> um, it, was, it was very weird to be watching it now as an adult and knowing how much my little middle school heart just went... <gasps> that and because it's set in the 70s i is it how how deep is your eye no it's not it's not the Bee Gees, but something is playing in the how background how deep is your love it, it's not it's not though it's not it's not how deep is your love but there was something playing in the background that i was just like wow really my my uh, romantic underpinnings are <laughs> Anyway, now I have the Bee Gees stuck in my head, so thank you. <laughs> the Bee Gees and Mash. It's an interesting combination. Uh, it is. I'm it is. Surprised we didn't get that. <laughs> <laughs> what were you going to say, Heidi? <laughs> oh, I was just going to say that um, it is interesting to revisit these different films and tv series etc from the lens of today you know and kind of see where we're getting these messages of what it's like to to flirt or you know how people act 
with each other because now I have such so much lower of a tolerance. I'm just like, ugh, these guys are obnoxious, you know. But back then, this was this was like, oh, you know, you were. I mean, I'm a little bit older than you ladies, and so I do remember that. Yeah, I remember that in real time. I mean, I'm not old enough to when I, when this came out, I was a little little tiny one. But you know, soon after that, I mean, I was definitely falling for and finding the the characters on the TV show obnoxious but charming. So it is interesting to just see how these are the ways that I learned, you know, what it's like to maybe flirt or interact with men. So that's what I was kind of taking away a lot from the the minutes that you have here was just me looking at it from 2019. It is amazing to me the difference in Hawkeye between the movie and the TV show. And I think a lot of that is they decided that Hawkeye of the TV show would not be married. And in fact, one of his first flirtations, it wasn't the pilot because that's the raffle. But in a very early episode, he is... I forget if he's kissing someone or is about to. And he's like, I can't, you know, you're married, madam. You're a married madam. And Mm. she goes, I'm not married. I just wear this ring to chase the boys off, which we'll get there. We'll get there, folks. That's another minute. Um, (laughs) That's a different one. But he's, he's like, oh, I couldn't possibly with a married woman. And... In this movie, yeah, that's not a problem. Now, I will say, and the, and the distinction between him and Duke is, uh, spoilers for people who are watching this minute by minute with us, Hawkeye cheats, but not in the open, ostentatious, anyone who crosses my pathway that Duke does. Does that make sense? I, yes, I Hawka, Hawkeye's more dis- discreet dis- about it. Dis- is he dis- more... Not discreet, discreet, Discerning but... about it? More... Yeah, he's more discerning, I'd say. That's the, that's more the more correct term, yeah. He, I want to say he only cheats with one person, but I'm pretty sure it is implied that he sleeps with other women in Japan. But it's, it's close. I mean, he's not... This is it, you know? <laughs> I don't know. It, it, I mean, it's not better. That's not a thing to <laughs> say, but uh, it, it's a different approach. Wow, I've talked myself into a corner with that one. <laughs> Duke starts it off here. You know, Dirk is, check that out, Yankee, and right off the bat, and I don't know. I don't think that has even occurred to Hawkeye at this point. Mm. <laughs> I mean, he certainly... He, we well, he, she's gorgeous. We're not pretending she's not, but I don't think it would ever have occurred to him to say anything to Duke. No. He's too busy trying to play his whatever, you know, he's going to do in terms of, you know, he doesn't realize they're on the same level. They're going to end up being <laughs> bunkmates. Hilarity ensues. <laughs> I was going nuts in this minute because I really thought I'll follow you anywhere, sir, was from something. But I think it's just one of those phrases that sounds like it could be from so many things. Hmm. It's it's just a, a common phrase, apparently. It's not yeah. a quote, it's not a movie, it's not a tea, at least not that I could find. And especially the sing-songy way he says it really struck me as it sounded like he's quoting something. Well, it sounds like something that would just be in a war film in general, right? Like the underling will mm-hmm. say to the superior, like, oh, of course I'll follow you anywhere, sir, you know gag um <laughs> trope in a way right the brotherhood of being in the army or the military right you know sticking together guess so in a even if it's in a very fake way frank <laughs> burns 
Oh, we'll get there. We'll get we'll there. Get we'll there. get you some Frank Burns. We'll give you some Frank Burns. My favorite person to hate. Oh. <laughs> it just occurred to me. So, Heidi, this is your first experience with Duke Forest or Forest Duke. <laughs> way I've decided to say it that day. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. Yes. Yeah, so welcome to Mustacheless Tom Skerritt. I'm sorry. <laughs> and so right now, as as we're in just minute eight of the film, <laughs> co- uh, ho- Hawkeye, Hawkeye, <laughs> oh, Hawkeye, <laughs> Skerritt's character thinks he's an underling at this moment. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Hawkeye used his captain's bars to fix a broken zipper, so he is insignialess. Gotcha. And when Duke walks up and sees a guy leaning against the Jeep with nothing on his collars, he goes, All right, driver, you know, are you going to the Forest of Seventh Mash? Yeah. All right, let's go. And Hawkeye <laughs> said, Well, that's what I wanted to do. So, sure. Sure. And he hops into the Jeep and takes off. <laughs> And doesn't bother to correct him, just kind of plays along, is having a little bit of fun with this guy. Gotcha. And so is that just establishing his character, or have we spent six or seven minutes learning about who he is? Basically, I guess I want you girls to tell me everything that's happened until now. <laughs> no, not really, but well, <laughs> like, what, what do we know about these guys? I guess I'll make it that simple. You haven't missed much. You really okay. haven't missed much. Just Duke, you know, when Duke pulls up, like Terry said earlier, he, he's in a van full of some uh, attractive, well-dressed, uniformed nurses, potentially, you know, going to the front, you can assume. And Hawkeye's just sort of there. Gotcha. Doesn't really seem thrilled to be there, but doesn't seem, like, annoyed that he's there either. He's just sort of there taking it all in. Maybe secretly <laughs> plotting in the back of his head, but... Passive plotting. <laughs> Passive plotting, right. Sort of trying yeah. to scope things out. Where's this going? What is the army yeah. doing to me? What what did the army what does the army think it's doing? You know? Yeah. I'm just a surgeon. We, we have uh, <laughs> we get opening credits over music, which uh, in this day and age I just miss. I really feel like the art of the opening credits has been lost. But you know what? People probably thought that was stupid when it started, so I guess I don't know. It makes me sad that opening credits aren't a thing anymore. That's all I wanted to say. Gotcha. <laughs> they used Noted. to tell you so much about a movie. Like, way more than you sometimes will sit through at the end of credits now, right? It's oh, like... oh, yeah. No, I'm not sitting through eight minutes of scrolling names. No, well, but... If Actually, a, a lot movie, of the times I am, but that's because I'm a nerd. If I, it's a Marvel <laughs> movie, then yes. We, my husband and I do all the time because we have a tradition now that's born out of watching Pixar films where they always oh, have yes. a section that says production babies. Oh, I love that. <gasps> so what? now, even if it's a movie that doesn't that isn't a Pixar film, we still wait until there's a big chunk of a bunch of names, and then we both say "production babies." <laughs> <laughs> I always love to see who gets a special thanks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about Joanne because we are introduced to a new character, as we've mentioned, Lieutenant Dish. Not her real name, but what she will go by because she's a lovely dish that's <laughs> enjoy the objectification <laughs> it's like gym class but not <laughs> this is joanne p-f-l-u-g guesses i'm opening the floor <laughs> f- f- 
I'm going to say the P is silent and that it's flug. Yeah, that sounds... I'm going to go with that, too. Ooh, okay. That sounds very plausible in my book. Okay. Sorry, I'm very distracted because when you look up IMDb, the first pictures, other than her profile picture, she's a blonde. And I'm just like, you know, I'm... I did, like, the Scooby-Doo, what? Hmm. Which is... Oh, huh. Because I just wanted to point out... It makes me chuckle that the actress is from Atlanta, Georgia, and here is Duke, the most stereotypical Southerner we're going to get in this movie, admiring her and even making a Yankee reference to Hawkeye, who is from Maine. And they must have, maybe it's just the way he talks. I was like, I wonder what they talked about on the way to the camp, because he now knows, at least in general, where Hawkeye is from. Right. But I'm... Totally well, obsessed with how much more interesting regional dialects were before the We millennium. all got the internet. <laughs> what do you mean by how much more interesting they were? You mean that they were different? Like they more were different? Okay. <laughs> yes. Gotcha. More different, aka distinct. <laughs> <laughs> or even like terminology, right? I mean I mean you could still have the pop versus soda debate, but you know, I'm sure back then it was more intense right because <laughs> listen scott warmer said pop and um <laughs> just to bring it back to you silver hoagie you know <laughs> um i'm kind of bumming though if i look on her imdb page um she turned down a bunch of roles you know due to sexual content and she actually has a quote on imdb so i'm not sure where it's from from um, that says, after MASH, I was sought to do nudity, all nude roles, and I turned down a lot of pictures because of the nudity. I would not do nudity because of my upbringing. I'm not going to wait 30 years from now and have my children saying, oh, there's mommy on the screen, nude. I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, apparently she became a born-again believer, so I'm not sure what her original upbringing was, hmm. or, or when that happened, where that happened, mm-hmm. but... She's acted in other things, but this is definitely kind of her most recognizable role. Yeah. Because she's fantastic. There's also a reference in the trivia to a lot of her role being left on the cutting room floor, and I need to look into that more. Definitely. Well, like I said, I I really thought I was going to get all into, like, the uniforms and the mess tent and the history. And it's just like, no, I'm just going to. Watch this minute and tell you the first things to come to mind. Well, I I will say when they first came into the tent, you know, and you get that kind of, like, shot of here's you know the, the lunch lady so to speak right <laughs> like it's probably a korean actress right or you know asian actress they probably weren't that concerned with ethnicity anyway blabbling but it struck me just how much it was like oh my gosh it's the tv show it's the tv show which makes sense because they've reused the sets right i mean yes that's part yeah. of the reason the tv show got made was hey we have these sets we're cheap we already paid for them <laughs> What can we do with them? I know. But it just kind of struck me like, oh my gosh, it's like the TV show. But it's the movie. But it's the TV show. But it's the movie. (laughs) Well, and for as dirty as the movie is, is, who was it? Someone pointed out, like, it's a series of vignettes. So it did kind of lend itself to being serialized. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, because the book's kind of like that, too. Like, they're stories and they all kind of meld together. But you could just go to the football game yeah you know. well each chapter is distinct yes just like just gonna give a shout out to the best book in the whole wide world tales of the south pacific by james michener because <laughs> it's all distinct stories you could read it as a collection of short stories but then they all come together at the end because it's the best 
Anyway. <laughs> very strongly about We're librarians. It. <laughs> it would be hard not to recommend a book every once in a while, right? Oh, well. Um, I'm, I'm really glad you brought up the TV show, though, because, <laughs> A, yes, it does look like that, but it kind of leaves me back to ask. So... Heidi, one quote I've been using is every American can do two minutes on what MASH meant in their lives. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I've been asking our guests kind of what your MASH origin story is. <laughs> so far, it's mostly, well, it was on TV forever. So that happened. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember. I remember watching it for sure. You know, like I remember watching it and enjoying it and thinking it was a comedy and thinking it was kind of you know, sexy and flirty and silly, but then sometimes rather dramatic. But I felt like it was fascinating to watch people that were all stuck in one place and what that community was like, you know, that everybody had their little, I think when you're young, that idea of having your own little room that you can escape to and and have your little bunk and your personal items around you feels interesting and so I kind of remember that. I remember like the the showers that the showers really <laughs> stick out as being this communal, not so not so private kind of spot. And and yeah, I mean, I think I probably developed definite ideas about relationships between men and women by watching it. And I do remember that final episode and how (laughs) creepy and scary and sad and weird it was. And I think that's like burned into the consciousness, you know, forever, that episode. So I definitely watched it. It probably was something I watched with my family. Ruined a Mozart song forever. (laughs) (laughs) And I remember at a certain point learning the lyrics of the opening tune and how creepy it was. It was <laughs> suicide is painless, you know. It was a uh, 45 and got radio play because 1970, I guess. <laughs> Although, to be fair, oh, was it the year my dad graduated from high school? Maybe it was 74. Their, like, song of the year was Those Were the Days, My Friends. And he's like, Have, do you know what that song is about? He's He refers to the 70s as the decade that taste forgot. <laughs> so um, I, I just wanted to say, having gone to summer camp and therefore had many communal showers, <laughs> um, and then also it was a big bonding thing for my college roommate and I, our freshman dorm had the a railroad showers a thing where there's a shower and then a curtain and then the next shower but there's no way to get what, to the what, back what, shower without going through what, the what, first one what, what that's a thing uh that's a thing and it was kind of weird because it was like well there's two showers but only one person would ever shower at a time and then it was i think it was like by november you know it, i cassie and i are looking at each other like we could time this based on who takes longer could go in the back one. And then like, we could go in the front one (laughs) and we could shower at the same time. (laughs) So yeah, that was a, that was a big like development in our bonding relationship (laughs) of like, Hey, we can make this work to use both showers at the same time without it being weird and awkward. (laughs) Hmm. 
Then I convinced her that we also could have the drum set in our room, and that went great for us and terribly for the person who lived underneath us. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, God. Oh, did they hate you so much? They hated us so much. (laughs) So much. Uh But I didn't care because we had a lot of fun, and she started a band, and it was great. Anyway, (laughs) yeah, railroad showers, there's got to be a better term for it. That sounds even worse than a railroad apartment, so (laughs) we're going to get to more flirting, so, but I definitely want to explore that idea more, especially knowing that Hawkeye is basically the ideal man as far as Megan is concerned. (laughs) On the TV show. On the TV show, I was going to say, on the TV show. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm not sorry. I'm not saying Southern Sutherland is horrible. I'm just saying Alan Alda does it for me. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> As for millions of other women, I'm not alone in that, I'm sure. No, you're not. Uh, <laughs> I... Though Trapper, we haven't gotten to Trapper yet, though. Whew. I'm sorry. Anyway. Her, her dear button flies. Um, <laughs> no, I, I have realized looking at this minute by minute, something that I guess I always knew but never really thought before donald sutherland doesn't do it for me no like he's cool he's a great actor i'm just i i you know he's just friend zoned right i mean (laughs) that it i mean i I, he's been in romantic parts and i'm just like no i'm not just there's no spark no when um so the last movies by minutes podcast that i did was for the cabin in the woods called cabin minute cast and after we wrapped on cabin minute cast we decided just for fun to get together with harper so molly balen and i did cabin minute cast and then harper w harris he did john carpenter's the thing so it was the thing mm-hmm. minute and he had not seen Invasion of the Body Snatchers, the <gasps> 70s one. And so we thought it would be fun for us to all, you know, rewatch it or for him watch it for the first time and then do a just a special one-off episode that we released both for the Cabin in the Woods, Cabin Minute cast and the Thing Minute. And that was really fun. And I think all of us were kind of talking about how how much we enjoyed him in that and he also was given a perm, so he has this like curly yes. hair. It's not, it's not a good look that aged well at all. But yeah, there's a lot of fun '70s, you know, fashion and lots of ivy and lots of macrame and all that kind of goodness. So, <laughs> if you're looking for spooky with some weird effects and and some good Donald Sutherland, I think that one is really uh, a fun see the one. first. The first thing I would have seen him in was Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Oh, wow. Which he is fantastic, but phoning it in. Um, <laughs> and he's playing the older mentor figure. So I think in my mind, he's just a completely non-sexual entity. Right. And then the first thing I would have seen him in where he could break out of that was Animal House. And I'm sorry, <sighs> Katie, what were you thinking? thinking you had boom there i mean you had boom and then no 
Animal House. <laughs> is it like a rule now that we have to reference Animal House as well on Mash Minute every episode? And I just, you said Donald Sutherland and Perm. I couldn't help it. <laughs> <laughs> oh. We also bonded over our love of Animal House as well. Mm. <laughs> I happen There's to drive by every day the abandoned, defraternized <laughs> Animal House frat house. So... <laughs> Yay! <laughs> and I always think of it when I drive by. We go, Animal House. <laughs> Speaking of problematic dogs that we love, yes. <laughs> I, Heidi, you're not alone in saying how weird it is to go back and watch these movies and be like, this is not good, <laughs> the way that they are interacting. Yeah, it's very predatory. And I think... I'm going to transition this out because it's going to get weirder now, isn't it? I mean, honestly, in this yeah, minute, it just gets... I mean, Duke hasn't even entered the building and he's like, check out that girl. Mm-hmm. But you know what? He says to another guy, check out that girl. He makes eye contact with her and smiles. She turns away. He goes and gets, you know, like he's, he's contact but he hasn't actually done anything i mean we can say like all right it's a little problematic how you worded that to this guy you barely know right there are worse things and there will be worse things (laughs) because it's 1969 (laughs) all right (laughs) 69 (laughs) that's when they were filming and also you you mentioned you just watched these minutes I just want to recommend that someday you put on the rest of the movie. <laughs> and someday you'll reach a football game scene. And it only gets, uh, well, more interesting. One of the players is number 69, <laughs> and... <laughs> they might have taken advantage of the fact that they had that number on their jersey. Gotcha. <laughs> so anyway... <laughs> so anyway, we're jumping ahead of ourselves. <laughs> So we are going to discuss more tomorrow. In the meantime, you mentioned at the top of the show that you are from a non-Movies by Minutes podcast. Tell us more. I would love to. So after doing Spinal Tap Minute and Cabin Minute Cast, I helmed my own podcast. So I host it and it's me having conversations with multi-creative people So I am a business and wellness coach for multi-creative. So people who do a lot of different creative things. And I love just hanging out and having casual conversations with people who are super creative about all of their projects and kind of creative process stuff. And we usually end up talking about compassion because that's one of the things that I really love talking about, like how we can be self-compassionate and compassionate with folks around us and how that can benefit our creativity and our ability to collaborate and just succeed all over the place. So they're just really fun conversations with people from film directors to writers to documentarians to um, musicians and makers and all that kind of stuff. So that's all at vibrantvisionaries.com. And yeah, you'll see a variety of lengths of episodes from like 15 minute episodes that I conducted at Fantastic Fest in Austin last year to a little bit longer ones that clock in between, uh, you know, 45 minutes to an hour and a half, depending on how things roll. And yeah, that's, uh, I can go on about it maybe in another minute so that I'm not just going on and on and on, but that's, that's the gist of it. 
That's totally fine. We're gonna grab a sandwich and be back tomorrow with more mash.